0: podcast
1: is part of the sports social podcast network i love up peas anyways let's go
0: you're listening to the cut to the race podcast
2: it's lights
1: out and away we go
2: hello everybody welcome back to the cut to the race podcast the weekly show covering the news views and opinions of the f1 world i'm joined once again by jay and
0: charlotte how are you guys very good dan it was a very exciting british grand prix so i'm still buzzing off of that
1: yeah i'm also doing really good thanks uh it was really nice to meet you on sunday dan and blooming love to the race thought it was absolutely amazing
2: It was. Some people from the Formula Nerds finally met each other since lockdown is over and we could go somewhere with actual humans, and that was brilliant. And the race was a bit of a banger as well. Whether you were there or whether you were watching it on TV, I don't think you can argue that the race wasn't good. But it was a little bit controversial after lap one, wasn't it? When Lewis Hamilton dove down the inside of Max Verstappen at Cops Corner and Verstappen flew into the barriers. There's been quite a bit of aftermath from that incident
0: plenty of afternoon. I mean as you'd expect you know the team bosses Mr. Toto Wolf and Christian Horner have been stirring that pot like their name was Nigella Lawson so you sort of had Horner getting at Hamilton for it being a hollow victory and that he was saying he was desperate and maybe there's a bit of truth to that you had Wolf coming back and saying no you're not it was a racing incident it takes two to Tango you had Max on Instagram afterwards who was pretty ruthless and you know usually F1 drivers are pretty PR friendly they don't really like to say anything controversial but Max was straight on it he said he's fine but he said it was disrespectful it's unsportsmanlike for Hamilton to celebrate his victory and Hamilton as well hit back and said that he won't be bullied into being less aggressive so this war of the words is exactly what this title fight needed before it was all a bit friendly it was all a bit oh Red Bull were faster oh no Mercedes were faster but now the gloves are off and I'm really looking forward to the next round
1: well obviously with Max's comments uh on Insta after the race on Sunday he was in the heat at the moment and I don't blame him for being angry he was obviously you know he had that awful crash and I really do hope he is doing better now Um, and you know Lewis won the race I think that couldn't have gone any worse for Max Verstappen but I do think now that it's simmered down a bit and I think I've seen somewhere today that they have had a talk um, which I think is good that they you know want to hold out an olive branch I mean at the same time there isn't really much to say, what's done is done Um, but I think it's good that they are able to have that chat, show that level of respect to each other, especially in this championship fight.
2: Yeah, we're not going to talk too much about the incident if you want to hear everyone's thoughts on the incident listen to the post-race show that was recorded on Sunday, but very quickly, one word answer whose fault do you guys think it was? Max, Lewis or a racing
0: incident? Lewis 60-40 Sixty
1: forty. ooh I am saying racing incident.
0: Sorry, I know there wasn't one word, but I thought I am with Lewis. Charlotte. I
2: think it was a racing incident.
0: I think sixty forty, sixty forty.
1: Yeah, I still think racing incident. I think it's too hard to say who was really more to blame, and especially after rewatching it and seeing all the lowdown on it. Yeah, racing incident.
0: Look at the YouTube biased British people. Unbelievable. <laughs> The
2: incident itself is one thing, that's fine. But we talked about this on the podcast last week relating to the Euros final. I hoped we'd never have to talk about it again, but sadly we are. Lewis Hamilton, after that incident, was subject to some racial abuse online.
0: Uh, you know what, Dan? It's it's kind of been brewing. I think F1 online communities are some of the most toxic places now. and They're up there with, with football. F1 fans... a a small minority of them are so ignorant online and that's just not to do with race that's just to do with any opinion towards any other driver who maybe isn't their favorite but when it boils over into racism and something like that it's just completely unacceptable in sport and in general society and it's sad that we see this but thankfully um, a lot of the drivers spoke out against it including Christian Horn. or he's not a driver but team spoke spoke out against it like Christian Horner so it's good that at the end of the day rivalry aside they're all united on this front and there's been quite a lot of things happening recently in F1 which will hopefully increase the diversity within what is quite a homogenous sport so looking forward to the changes soon but yeah definitely no excuses for what we saw after the race on Sunday.
1: Yeah I literally just want to second what Jay said it's completely disgusting and just just sickening to see these comments put out online just because lewis hamilton won but there's no need for racist abuse yes okay he may have not been the one you wanted to win but it just doesn't condone that sort of behavior and i really hope that we can actually start to come together like the teams have said and you know we are at the end of the day everyone loves the sport and that's what it should be down to
0: do you know what as us well, is that as a fan of the sport you are allowed your opinion you're allowed to think that that crash was fully Hamilton's fault. You're allowed to think that Hamilton got lucky or this happened that favoured him. But that's not an excuse to be racist towards someone. I mean, there is no excuse to be racist towards someone at all. And the fact that we've seen this is really, really sad. And I, I hope that the social media companies where this kind of hate has been spewed upon take action to remove it. Because if you try to look at like F1 highlights on Twitter or Instagram straight away they're taken down but why is that not the same for people spreading hate on them platforms
2: yeah you look at platforms like instagram where you just need to type any word related to covid and they flag it up instantly and they're like covid this covid that surely they can do the same with anything to do with racism sexism anything like that it's just i think social platforms are slightly to blame and in a way this was more shocking given that the Hamilton Commission had been released in the week prior to the British Grand Prix Jay do you want to talk a little bit about that
0: yeah so this is something that I think Hamilton's been working on for a few years apparently it's stemmed back from he's, he had a team photo at the end of the 2019 season when he won the championship and he just looked at it and he said it's not diverse enough so over the last say 18 months so, he's been working on this report and it came out uh, just before the British Grand Prix and it had some uh, interesting aspects of it and it was all about trying to increase the diversity and get more black people into motorsport and formula one so one of the key things was or key recommendations the report made was greater accountability for teams for uh, bosses for formula one in general to have sort of diversity charters i know recently especially in the uk quite a lot of like large companies have been posting like gender wage gap reports anti-slavery reports so it's along those kind of lines where we have a bit more transparency by these bodies. Also better engagement and more opportunities for young people as well trying to get them into STEM projects so they can go on to become engineers and mechanics and also having more uh, black teachers in these roles to help inspire them. So it's all very very positive as well. Uh, F1 have sort of had to come up with their own scheme to increase diversity so uh, apparently Chase the I think he's now officially the non-executive director of Formula One. He apparently donated a a million dollars, which is quite nice of him. And that features things such as engineering scholarships, um, apprenticeships for mechanical engineering and internship programs from like a more marketing and businesses point of view for uh, increased diversity within Formula One. So it's good to see that obviously F1 itself and with the working alongside Lewis Hamilton to try and improve the sport and make it a more open and diverse place to work.
1: Yeah, I just think it's really brilliant that it does shine a light on the lack of diversity in the sport. And, you know, there aren't any future upcoming, you know, up-and-coming stars that are of colour, really, and, you know, from the black community. So it's important to have these uncomfortable conversations, and especially for Lewis, who is the only black driver in Formula 1, and I think really in history, I think it's just really great that he's able to use his platform and really make a change for this sport and motorsport in general.
0: So the thing with Formula One, Formula One is a it's a global sport, but when you look at it, eighteen out of the twenty drivers on this year's grid are all white, mostly sort of European descendant. We can't truly say we're a global sport until we are having competitors all over the world. You think about it, Brazilians have such a illustrious history in Formula One. There's none. There's no African drivers. There's very few. Asian drivers, I mean, obviously we have Sonoda, but there's none from, say, the Indian subcontinent. So it's quite, it's very under, it's not not very diverse at all. Even though we are seeing more diversity within the sport, I feel like it's still got a long way to go until we can really say that we are truly a global, inclusive sport.
1: And obviously, you know, the Hamilton Commission doesn't really, like, select on this. But I think it's really important to have more women within motorsport and around the paddock, you know, from the engineering side, um, and all other aspects like that. So, yeah, just really want to see more of
2: that. Yeah, we spoke about this last week. That's what W Series brings as well, isn't it? All these these female role models for young girls, whether it's the engineers who also could work in F1, whether it's the drivers in W Series, they all come together to create these role models that weren't there a few years ago. And I think that is a really good step that F1 are taking with regards to gender, and that you know, there is still more work to do in all of these things, but we're slowly moving in the right direction. Uh, Sky Sports's broadcaster this weekend was carbon neutral as well, wasn't it?
0: Well, I know F One's was definitely carbon neutral. I think Sky they just had little green things on their microphones to pledge their allegiance to being carbon neutral. I, I know that they did do quite a lot of things to reduce their their footprint for this weekend, but no, it's good that not only the teams but also the media side of things are trying to improve the sport any way they can and I know a big thing for Formula 1 is to go carbon uh, net carbon zero I think that's the word by 2030 and uh, they were using like less uh, machines which required less energy they were using hybrid cars so it's good that obviously the diversity point is very important but F1 are trying to set up like, these pillars for the future which is going to make it a better place to work and a better place to be a fan so it's good that yeah we're seeing quite a lot of improvements across the board for formula one and i know sustainability is a big part of their plans
2: and then in relation to sustainability we all knew that sebastian vettel was a great guy anyway but he was pictured after the race picking up litter in the grandstands he's been to the waste disposal unit today after his pirelli tire test yesterday to see how it all gets recycled what a man
1: it's just really amazing to have you know Sebastian Vettel, of all people, four-time world champion. Stay after the race and go through the grandstands and pick up rubbish from the fans, you know? Obviously, he didn't have the best race on Sunday, but it's really inspiring for the future generations and in general, just people (laughs) to see that. And it's just, yeah, really inspiring. I love that.
0: I think it's really... Good as well that we have these two stalwarts of F1. You have Hamilton, he's pushing for more diversity, more inclusion on one side of things, and he's a seven time world champion. He's a huge name. And I know Vettel's maybe not quite on the same platform as Hamilton, and he's probably no longer the second biggest driver now. You've got Leclerc and Verstappen battling around, but he's still a major, major player. He's a four time world champion, and to have these two guys at the top, but really pushing for improvements within the sport, is really good for F1 as a whole.
2: Okay, moving away from the development, it's just, it's a, I can't say that word. George Russell had an alright weekend. I feel like it could have been better. This wasn't really covered on the post show, so we're just going to talk about it a little bit now. He got into Q3 on the Friday, which was brilliant for the British fans, unless you're me and a Bottas fan. Um, but then he just kind of got further and further backwards as each session went on. What are your guys' thoughts on his weekend?
0: It's hard. I think it's hard for George because over one lap, he's excellent. And, you know, I mean, the car doesn't maybe come into it as much as it would over 52 laps. So, I mean, he was brilliant on Friday night. Would he come 8th? 8th or 7th? 7th or 8th. And he beat beat Signs in a Ferrari. He beat Vettel in the Aston Martin. Saturday, he was really going to know he hit Signs out and he got a penalty for that. But he managed to hold his place within the top 10. I that was a say, harsh
2: penalty, though. Even as a Bottas fan, I'm going to say that was the harsh penalty.
0: Harsh, but probably probably fair. He did just whack Sainz straight across the, the grass at Luffield. And then it's hard for him, I think. It's tough because 52 laps to keep all of those cars behind you, who are obviously much faster on race pace, it's tough. I think he had a good weekend. He can hold his head up high in front of his home fans.
1: Yeah, Friday was just electric. Like, I was jumping up and down in my living room. I was so excited and happy especially when he did that last lap and it well i think it was his last lap in q3 and he was basically just doing almost like a lap of honor because he was the only guy on track and just everyone minus dan was cheering for him it was just amazing to see but yeah it's a shame about saturday he had that harsh penalty which put him behind and then sunday just couldn't you know drop two places after uh, the first lap and couldn't really get it going but you know still holding hopes for George
0: I think George said as well after the race that it's so tough to keep all of them guys behind when they're better machinery and even though he can do it on a on a Friday this week or normally a Saturday during qualifying to keep them behind for 50 60 laps is not impossible so good weekend for George I'd say but I'm sure Dan you're going to move it on to a certain person who you think had a good weekend
2: yeah, Valtteri Bottas. I think he I think he had a decent weekend. You know, it's not his strongest weekend that he's ever had. It's certainly not the weakest weekend he's ever had. He, you know, he came third on Friday, third on Saturday, third on Sunday. Consistency is key, so remember that. Um, he played the team game a lot as well. And, you know, there's been times this season where I feel like he could have been supported a bit better by the team. But after the race on Sunday, Toto Wolff actually congratulated Valtteri and said that he had a brilliant weekend. And he played the team game really well. And he said that's really important to have. So I don't know if this has just swayed the 2022 seat a little in Valtteri's favour.
1: I mean, you know, hold on. (laughs) I don't know about 2022 as of yet, but I will say he did play the team game really well. Um, You know, F1 posted a video today on their socials showing that he was having look if there was damage on Lewis's car after the incident. And as well, you know, he did concede to Lewis really well, not, you know, in his way, all went fine. And he kept P3, you know, he didn't have that problem with Lando Norris later in the race. So, yeah, I will say Bottas did well. It was nice to see him on the podium. But I just want him to be more racy, if I'm being honest. I just want him to have that attack, and you know, that Lewis does. I just don't feel like we have that. I know he's playing the team game, Dan, but I I just want a bit more sometimes, you know?
0: Total Balls' comments were more of a, a pick-me-up for Bottas rather than a like a well-done because it, it must be quite demoralising for Valtteri to have you know like say oh, you've got to come past like would you to let Lewis pass would would Mercedes honestly say to Lewis Hamilton drive past alongside Bottas and check the damage on the side of his car I don't think they would and do you remember at the start of the season uh, Barcelona and uh, Bottas was told to let Hamilton buy it and he defended him quite ruthlessly it's like now he's kind of accepted that he's out of the championship and the only way that he's going to maintain that Mercedes seat is by playing the team game. And that's I guess that's a decision for Tite Wolf to make. Does he want raw pace, a young gun with loads of potential or does he want a safe pair of hands who can help the team to achieve their goals in beating Red Bull?
2: I think Hamilton really wants Bottas to stay next year because, you know, he's said a lot recently that they've got, like, a really good dynamic between the two of them. Hamilton let Bottas past in Austria, so he wanted to show there that he could do it the other way round. I don't know. I don't think this 22-seat's decided at all, and we've got a long time yet before I we'll agree. get we'll hear anything, I think.
0: I agree. I, I, I don't think it's decided yet. I think it's, it's probably still maybe... Slightly in Russell's favour, but Bottas playing that team game is—he's—it's a good thing to have in your CV, especially a, a championship-winning team.
1: I also think it's good that obviously they haven't said they had decided anything, but they didn't announce a Russell, you know, signing for 2022. Because if that was the case, we probably wouldn't have seen the performance from Bottas this weekend. Um, you know, he probably would have not really wanted to help the team as much as he did. So yeah, I think it was a good move. Still a lot of time to think about what they want to do. I guess you've got to wait
2: and see. There's things that sway in both their favour. That's the thing, you know, as you said, Russell's that up-and-coming talent that, you know, most people, not me, but most people want to see in that Mercedes. But Bottas has the fact that it's a regulation change on his side, so therefore he brings consistency. He has the fact that, you know, he's got that experience. He works really well with Lewis. It, I don't know what way this is going to go. I really don't. I I'm not I'm not as sure as many people are that this that it's Russell's seat to lose. I'm I dunno.
0: It's I think it's a really interesting point that Charlotte makes that it suits Mercedes, like if they are gonna sign George Russell, it suits them to hold on to like to keep thing people questioning for longer. Because if they were to say this weekend, say say well, like everyone thought they were gonna nut Russell at his home in Grand Prix, then Bottas he has no sort of motivation to play the team game well if they delay it until November time then I mean obviously it's not good for Russell it's not good for Bottas because they don't know what, what their future holds but it ensures that Bottas plays the team game I mean I'm sure if Bottas was let go for next season he wouldn't just completely just suck it off and give up because I don't think he's that kind of guy I think he's a very professional driver but in terms of motivation and having that carrot on the stick it might suit them to delay the announcement i mean i know they did say summer break so we might find out soon in next month
2: yeah only one race until the summer break hungary so uh maybe we'll find out between hungary and spa who knows i don't think we will i think it'll just keep being yeah well nothing's decided yet for quite a few months but who knows who knows uh moving on there's a new f1 game out f1 2021
0: there is indeed and i've had the the pleasure of playing it for about a week now actually it's got quite a few new game modes it's got a brand new uh story mode called breaking point which is quite interesting you are like this young upcoming driver called aiden jackson and you've got a an experienced but slightly what's the word jealous teammate maybe and then this uh dutch guy called what's his name ackerman his name's ackerman that's his name And it's sort of reminiscent of the Hamilton Alonso sort of thing in 2007 when Alonso was experienced while old Fox and Hamilton was like a young gun with the raw pace and there was a bit of tension there. It sort of follows on that kind of dynamic. Uh, They've also added a new two-player career mode, so you can play career mode like you could usually, but you can play a lot of a friend now. That's pretty cool. The only thing is is that if you are looking to play some of the tracks from this season, you can't yet. They haven't added in Imola or Portimao or Saudi Arabia yet they're going to come as a, a later update and also tracks like Turkey probably won't feature either on this game so there's, that's a way up but on the whole it's really, really interesting really good game I think the engine noises sound really good the graphics are really good especially on the new generations of consoles on the PlayStation and on the new Xbox so definitely worthwhile looking at if you're into that kind of stuff and yeah I would recommend it I'm not being paid by the way to say that
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like a spawn.
2: We are we are not sponsored yet, but if anyone does want to sponsor us, you know, Codemasters, yeah. do, you know, just let us know. We'll, we'll happily, it's just not, we'll happily take it's Just
0: an honest opinion.
2: We'll happily take a sponsorship if you want, but that was Jay's honest opinion on the game. Uh, back to real life, we saw the 2022 car at Silverstone, which looks pretty nice. I've, I've got to admit, it's, it's pretty nice.
1: Yeah, seeing it in person definitely made me like it even more than I did when I first saw it unveiled. I thought it looked really cool. The new tyres... So much larger, like it was 13 inches originally, and now we're up to 18 inches. And obviously, this the new specifications are hoping to make closer wheel-to-wheel racing with the new aerodynamic changes. But yeah, I think it looks pretty sick.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. To be honest, but make it look as horrific as they want, as long as they provide good racing, I'm not that bothered. I mean, they with the uh, was it the 20. 2013 cars when they had those weird things on the front which definitely weren't pg so they were ugly but that was a pretty good season so if they provide good racing i mean myself and charlotte spoke to um craig's carpet every week and he was sort of saying how the racing should be improved the field should be closer together my only fear with this new regulation changes will we just get one team we just nail it off the back and at the front of the grid and then all this work we've had now where. Red Bull are close to Mercedes, and now are like McLaren and Ferrari a bit closer to them. Well, that will be undone, and we just have a season where one team dominates, which I'm sure we don't want.
2: And speaking of 2022, we've got a team that is remaining in Formula One. Jay, over to you.
0: Well, not so much remaining. So, obviously, Sauber are technically Alfa Romeo, but Alfa Romeo just pay a bit of money to be a title sponsor for the team to promote, I guess, their road cars or something like that, or their performance cars. But anyway, yeah, it's good to see that they're sticking around in Formula One. It keeps a nice name on the grid. I quite like Alfa Romeo. quite like their liveries as well. The only thing as well that's quite interesting from this new agreement is that they still have to keep one Ferrari driver or Ferrari driver from their academy in one of their seats. Giovinazzi could be sticking around next year. Interesting dynamic and it kind of excludes maybe returns or seats for other drivers because there's only really one real seat there for Experienced driver, so you wouldn't see maybe Bottas go to Alfa Romeo if he gets kids out Mercedes, or you wouldn't see Albon maybe go there, or Hulkenberg maybe. I feel like I mentioned a guy every week, but he could probably go. He <laughs> probably he'd find it harder to get into there because they have to keep one of those seats free for basically Friday to choose. And next season it'll probably be between Mister Calamara or Mister Antonio Giovinazzi, aka Mister Beautiful Head Jesus.
2: okay before we end the show we're just gonna look back to our predictions for the british grand prix last week the one bold prediction that we made each charlotte do you want to go first remind everyone of your prediction
1: okay well here we go so my prediction was that lewis would get pole win and fastest lap
2: now, here's the confusing thing. I did not say what kind of pole that <laughs> Don't try oh, that. Hang about, hang about, hang about. Pole is on a Saturday and he did not get that.
1: Well, he you... did get pole on Friday. So, you know, yeah, he got not Speed bad. Speed
0: King was his award, not pole. I do actually want to agree with Charlotte because... Thank look, you, Jay. There is no way that the sprint race winner should be given pole. The sprint race winner or sprint qualified winner should be given some kind of special accolade. Because in the history books <laughs> Matthew Persephone got pole at the British Grand Prix when he really didn't but obviously that is the rules and I am quite a big fan of regulations and tradition so actually not tradition but you know what I mean so yeah he didn't win I'm afraid Charlotte but it was a good effort
1: but yeah so he didn't you get
0: know, fastest lap either
1: he didn't get fastest oh, lap yeah. but he did get the win and you know that was amazing especially from the British crowd you know I was excited, I'll tell you that much. I, I was loving it. It was such a great atmosphere, and I'm really happy for Lewis. Yes, it was a bit controversial, but still, it was great.
2: So there you, well, go. you can have a third of a
0: point. You can have That's a third of a third. point then. I third uh, third. Oh, oh, did really good. Are we really giving out thirds of points?
1: I did get a third. No. That's uh, Jay, you do make, you really want to remind everyone of
0: your prediction? Uh,
1: it's one on one driver.
0: <laughs> uh, I asked, Jay, I said uh, Aston might come in the top six, and I, I felt maybe a bit. Nostalgic and bit patriotic, ah. you know, like ah. the factories across the road from the circuit. To be fair, mm. it, I wasn't that far away, I wasn't that far away.
1: Yeah, Stroll did quite well. Stroll actually. did really
0: good. Stroll was probably yeah. the most underrated driver from the weekend. He wasn't that good on Saturday and Friday, but in the race, he was superb. Came 8th, you know what? Yeah, Sebastian Vettel on during the sprint race and during the first half a lap before he decided to just have a little spin, he was looking <laughs> racy as hell. I thought, you know what? He's actually going to like, give it a bit of a Vettel masterclass and come, you know, a like, good point pen position. But it kind of was uh, the Vettel of, of all of, of new times, I should say, Vettel of new times where you just spinned around on the grass and then from there it was all a bit downhill. But yeah, I'm afraid no points for me this week, but I was close. So if Charlie gets a third of a point for being close, I think I should get a third of a point for being close as well.
1: No. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you weren't even, You weren't that close. Um, I was too away, that's not too bad. I said... <laughs> lando would qualify in the top five and score a podium so i got half because he did qualify in the top five on saturday which is is qualifying but he Mm. didn't get a podium he came fourth unfortunately
0: i can't believe this i can't believe charlotte made three predictions (laughs) you've made two predictions and you give yourself points for making oh no it's your
1: fault you need to learn on these predictions this week two or three next
0: week when we do a hungarian grand prix predictions (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'm making sure you sort of say one thing and one thing only Because this is ridiculous Alright, we're going to mix it
2: up a little bit this week just, just had this idea It's literally just popped into my head We're still going to do predictions I want you to predict a bit of news That you think is going to break in the next week News? Base it on fact, obviously Do you okay. think Russell will sign in the next week? Do you think Bottas no. will sign? Some big bit of news that you think Jeez. is going to happen in the you next week what? And if you're right, you become legendary
0: you, this put is us impossible. On the spot. you put us on the spot, but I have thought something. I think oh, I gosh. think, a race will be cancelled later on in the season. It'll either be Mexico, Brazil or Japan. One of them will oh. be cancelled and they'll be replaced by a European Grand Prix. I'm, I'm, I'm quite proud of that, to be fair.
1: That's a really good one. I'm going to predict that Alonso's future will be decided, whether he continues to re-sign with...
2: Alpine after 2022 or if it's not. That's my prediction. I think that Helmut Marco is going to actually launch a legal case against Mercedes, which I think is bold because it seems just stupid. I don't think he'd do it, but he does seem like that kind of guy that would try and get something out of nothing just for the sake of it. You know, he left the track halfway through the race, for God's sake. He was fuming. Mm. So I reckon that he is going to launch a legal case against Mercedes and it's all going to go spiralling downhill.
1: Well, I don't know if it was him, but I know that someone in Red Bull wanted a race ban against Hamilton. So, you know what? Pro-
0: it was probably him. It was he? Yeah. It was him. It I mean, was. for a go. doctor, he's not very smart, is he? He's going to come for you now. I'm but you know, he's good. Yeah. I, I like him and Marco. He's a good character for the sport. He, he adds to this. This 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 combat, I love it. I love I love the action. I love it. it F one needed this. The championship needed this. It needed it. It needed it for the Rosberg point of view. I think Hammond and Verstappen can go on to be one of the great rivalries. I'm talking Mansell PK levels. I'm talking Prost Senna levels. Schumacher Hill levels. It's got all Woo! the ingredients to be that good. And I think this moment on Sunday was the tipping point and I cannot wait for the future
2: <laughs> yeah neither can I I can't wait for what for what the future of F1 holds and I'm hoping the rest of this season is going to be just as exciting as it has been already because it's been good so far uh, as you said earlier Hungary up next Housen's normally very good at Hungary could he close the championship gap who knows we have to wait we'll revisit our predictions we'll cover the news all that to look forward to next week but that is all we've got time for on this week's show thank you guys very much for coming along thank you ever, Dan
1: thanks Dan we a great time, as
2: always. We will be back next week. <laughs>
1: Podcast Network.